analysts like IDC and Gartner agree that the cloud adoption in Asia continues to accelerate in 2021, thanks in part to the disruption to work caused by COVID-19 in 2020. Also, a big thank you to digital transformation, which is another beneficiary of the pandemic. While the initial challenge for many organizations figuring out which cloud approach works best for their business, those involved in the operational aspects of ensuring applications are running also have to contend with the less interesting to business leaders and users, data management and data protection. Now, in today's pod chat for future CIO, we speak to Anthony Spiteri, Senior Global Technologies Product Strategy at Beam to talk about some of the more mundane and yet critical aspects of cloudification of business. Anthony, welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for having me. So we all know cloud adoption has increased in 2020, but what has really changed in the cloud landscape? Yeah, I mean, obviously 2020 had the challenges that we all know very well now. And I think in terms of the cloud landscape with regards to, you know, the region that we're in in APJ, I think the acceleration to adopt public cloud definitely accelerated uh, in 2020. Uh, in, in my experience over the past few years working in and around the region, it was obvious that APJ was lagging a little bit in cloud adoption. There, were, there was a, a way to sort of stay on premises uh, and that was kind of okay. But I think what happened was with everyone needing to work remotely, the dynamics changed. Data was being created and effectively displaced in different areas, right? So end users were forced to work from home. IT operations had to shift in terms of how their workers could work efficiently. And that drove naturally things like SaaS-based applications, uh, connectivity through to private clouds in a hosted data center. But then we look forward to that and, you know, the uptake of the public clouds and the benefits they offer continue to grow as well. So I think twofold approach, people working from home needed to be able to access data and work more efficiently. And then from the point of view of how IT operations actually handled that shift, they had to work out where best to actually host these applications as well. At least in the last year or so, I've been talking to CIOs and CFOs as well regarding their cloud strategy. And almost everybody's alluding to the direction of multi-cloud, yes. multi-cloud hybrid environments where they still have on-prems for those that are mission critical, you know, regulatory bounded applications. How prevalent is multi-cloud within current IT environments, at least from your perspective as a data management organization? And how common is it to see workloads moving dynamically between clouds? Okay, yeah. Um, so maybe I'll answer that for that last question first because it's an interesting one in terms of the, the workloads moving between them. And I think ultimately the answer to that is that it's not happening a lot. Um, and I think that was the promise of the cloud when it was first around, the digital transformation methods, the idea or the panacea that you could take a workload, it could be on-premises, you could shift it to a partner-hosted cloud, or you could then move it to a public cloud and back. We, we don't see that happening, right? Workloads inherently are bound to where they're best suited. Um, and that's where the growth of that hybrid multi-cloud strategy has definitely taken hold. And I, and I do think it go, comes back to organizations realizing that the cloud and the public cloud is not a panacea. Um, so that took a few years to basically understand, because if we think about it, years ago, there was this extreme push from top level down to say, we need to go to the cloud. That should be our strategy. Um, and when organizations did that, um, I think they found that the reality was much different to the expectation, whether it be cost, performance, that sort of thing. So 
I think workloads are inherently bound to where they're best suited. So when you look at that, that means that the adoption of multi-cloud, hybrid cloud as the strategy moving forward is what we see today. Among the CIOs that I spoke to again, and there at least there was one that was uh, memorable for me because he said that years ago when the cloud story started coming, when they put together a, an application strategy, it's almost still always on-prem. Over the years, it started to have a cloud flavor to it. Until more recently, they said that everything that they plan these days is a cloud-first strategy tied to it. What does it mean from a data management and data protection perspective? Yeah, so I mean, from a data management perspective, it really means that in terms of protecting data and workloads, you have to have the capability to protect it no matter where what platform it lives on, right? So whether it's an on-premises VMware solution, uh, whether it's working in a partner-hosted cloud that might be you know based on VMware or, or Microsoft technologies but then obviously if you're creating that in a more cloud native way in an AWS or Azure or, or Google um, or Alibaba in, in the case of APJ you have to understand how to protect that as, as it moves and the point that you made actually was interesting around traditional application development being on premises um, certainly if you're a new company a startup or if you're looking to, to refactor your organization definitely you would have to look at a cloud native first way to deploy applications it's just the way to go. However, I think uh, more established companies that are a little more risk averse, they're certainly going to develop in that more traditional sense moving forward still for a number of years. In terms of key steps in a strategy that, uh, to better protect data in 2021, given all of these, uh, you know, the, just uh, for example, Singapore, the Singapore government, MAS, just recently revamped their risk management strategy for a lot of organizations in Singapore, the CII, critical information infrastructure. What would be the key steps in order to better protect data? Yeah, I mean, so ultimately, I think if you look at it in terms of the environment we're in, in terms of, you know, malicious activity, ransomware uh, at that first level, and then obviously, you know, probably talk about the actual data itself and where it lives and where it sits. But I think user edu- user education is very important. That's the messaging that we've been, you know, talking about for a while now. It all starts with user education in terms of when they're working on premises or if they're working on systems, understanding external threats, because the sophistication of malicious intent has increased significantly over the past you know 12 to 18 months with you know the move to work from home and what happened in 2020 um so that's the first point that i think user education is critical and, and we're actually seeing that a lot of organizations are undertaking that education step first and that's great um but then secondly you know understanding where your data is i, I think that's the that's the second point because if more and more organizations are leveraging different platforms to to create data critical workloads um so then you need to understand that data displacement is happening so as an organization knowing where that data lives that's that's just awareness and then in terms of backup being able to ensure that you do capture the key data store it somewhere that f- facilitates an off-site strategy as well so you know multiple copies of your data and then i think as well something that we talk about a lot is once it sits in a, a repository somewhere making sure that the data is protected with some sort of immutability that then that protects it from malicious attack as well and then probably the last thing to think about is that how do you then actually access and make that data work for you once it actually sits in a repository. Uh, Traditionally, data that goes into a repository from a backup software sits there and and effectively does nothing until it's needed. So it's kind of like dead weight or it's burning through the wallets of organizations. So what we're trying to do from a strategy point of view and to what we talk about is activating that data. So making it useful for your organization, even though it's sitting in a backup repository. And then moving forward, how do you recover that data efficiently and quickly? 
Now, one thing we've started to hear a lot in 2020 and still hearing it these days is the two words, one, well, three words, artificial intelligence, that's two, and the <laughs> other one's automation, of course. So, so yeah. within the space of data protection and data management, what can we see or what can we expect in terms of the goal of a lot of companies, a lot of CIOs and those charged with protecting the, the data or managing the data in terms of automating data management across, especially across multi-clouds? Yeah, so automation and orchestration is something that we've seen an increase in the last, you know, probably probably five years, right? People understand that they need to be able to create repetitive tasks that create efficiencies within their business, repeatable, and then you basically protect from human error as well. But also in terms of just general infrastructure and software, the ability to leverage APIs, PowerShell, and code through infrastructure as code to manage and control their data protection platforms is critical, right? So, and we've certainly been working towards that in our latest release as an example, where we released a brand new set of APIs, which our partners and customers can use. So that's a, that's a great little feather in the cap there and we're focused on empowering our customers and partners to leverage automation and then you talked about AI and probably ML as well as was the other one machine learning um, and that's still a while away from I think being a realistic um, everyday instance for organizations certainly you know the buzz around that is significant we're moving towards more accessible AI and machine learning platforms with the public clouds but I think one area where that can be advantageous if you look at what I talked about before with that data reuse activating that data that's just sitting there otherwise stagnant and when you're able to do that and you're able to bring up a repository as an example from the backup source mount it somewhere and then do some sort of machine learning or AI across that data, that's very powerful for organizations moving forward. Let me sidetrack a little bit on our discussion as we come to the end of this thing. What's the future for things like data lakes, uh, these data warehouses, uh, given all this talk about having some of the data in the cloud and still having this concern about data sovereignty for a lot of organizations in certain regulatory environments? What what can we expect? Is there a future? Do I need do I need Hadoop? Data lake? <laughs> do, I, do I need Cassandra? All those yes. all those sort of big NoSQL databases, right? Um, I think again, it comes down to requirements and, and what you want to do with your data. Uh, the, the key part about that is that when you put data in, when you get take data from an application, whether it be a financial application, HR, whatever it is, and you shift that data and put it into a data lake, you're putting it in there for a reason. Um, you're putting it in there to make that data more valuable, to to run AI to run machine learning across it to understand you know more about the data that you're producing is that something that most organizations will leverage i don't think we're there yet and then the challenges arise and do you protect that data should you protect that data once it goes in there how valuable is that data that you shifted into the data lake so yeah it's an interesting question we, we definitely see certain organizations leveraging data lakes and we, we get queries about how we then back it up or how do we protect it once it's gone in there so yeah i think that's an evolving area that will get certainly more focus over the next few years for sure. What do you predict for 2021 within the area of uh, data cloud management? Yeah, I think 2021 is all about just, you know, reestablishing the understanding that data is being created in larger volumes and in different areas. So we've really got to think about uh, data displacement and then how we protect that data. Um, certainly, if you look at what we've done with Veeam with our latest release, we're, we're really looking at having the empowering the end user 
to have awareness and control of their data no matter where they are, um, whether it's in the public cloud, whether it's created on-premises, you can protect it. And then once you protect it, you're going to have to be able to look at how you then secure it for the longer term. Do you push it into a long-term archive um, using cloud technologies, using things like AWS Glacier, you know? So I think that's the future for this year. It's really a consolidation year after last year. And a lot of organizations have the tooling now, I think, to be able to deal with where data is being created and at the volume it's being created as well. In all of this, can you give us that 30-second perspective of what Veeam is doing in this space? Veeam's all about a cohesive cloud strategy with data protection. If you look at the platform that we have now, it's not just, you know, the idea of protecting data in one location. You need to understand where it's being created, but then from a mobility perspective, how you protect it when it does move, if it moves. And then from that point of view, how do you then keep it for a long time, archival purposes, and then from our perspective as well, how you activate the data, make the data work for you. So we leverage automation, we leverage the orchestration tasks, in the platform to be able to offer that to our customers. Anthony, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future CIO. No worries. Great conversation. That was Anthony Spiteri, Senior Global Technologist, Product Strategy for Veeam on data protection strategies in the cloudification journey of businesses. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.